mean, if you're looking into next year, there's like, um, you know, the Rose definitely established himself as a big league bullpen piece. Hughesy's had a great consistent season. Uh, hopefully we can get Cody back. I think Adbert Azalea can get back healthy and, and be a real piece. Um, there's a, there's a, I mean, there's, there's like four right there that without even kind of grinding right now, um, I think we'll see a lot from these guys that have gotten called up. I mean, Rucker's been up and down and uh, done okay. I think Yulman's got the ability to um, continue to develop and, and help us out a lot. Um, Lighters actually, I thought, like really turned into a real helpful piece down there. Espinosa does good when he's come up here. Um, you know, are all those guys kind of fit down there like pieces for next year i mean we got to look at all that and how that plays out in the offseason but um there's some there's just some 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 things and some stuff coming from everything that i that i read in here well it's a lot more fun to listen to david ross talk than tony <laughs> Russa. that's for damn sure especially after night game tony where he's just uh... I, I, and and you know what the problem is for anybody who's covering Tony Larusa, get the mic closer to his face oh. because there's background noise that will swallow up Tony. He doesn't project anymore. Peggy and Dion just said it too, uh, and they had a terrific time at uh, ESPN uh, Football Fest at the Hard Rock in Northern Indiana. They said, which is when, still going on, if you want to head. Yeah, there. yeah. When Tony Tony talks, especially like uh, you know, after, in the post game, and the microphone's not close, he said they both said they find themselves leaning in towards the TV or radio. And like trying to hear what absolutely when we play clips back, I'm leaning in. Yeah, I'm leaning in. It's like it's like we we can't fix the audio. So whoever's recording him, make sure to get the microphone in his face because he's not going to project and and take him to a quiet spot. (laughs) And 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 so that was David Ross talking about here here the Cubs trade away their four top relievers at the deadline. Right. And get hopefully good prospects and assets Mm -hmm. back. Um, but he, he, Rossi would be a, a great hockey coach because he's got the nicknames. He's got, you know, Ro, Ro, Rowan Wick. He's, yeah, that's the thing in the NHL. Everybody's, yeah, right? uh, and you yes. add a Y to the end of the That's all you do, Rossi. right? Yeah. It's Rossi. Yeah, that's, that's all you do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Rowan Wick, Brandon Hughes, Cody Hoyer is coming off Tommy John. Hanley E. 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 Well, hands. Everyone calls me Hands. Hands, okay. I mean, yeah, I think that was on my bowling shirt, too, at one point. Um, but, um you know, Cody Hoyer, who the Cubs got for the Kimbrough in the Kimbrough trade, you know, he's coming off Tommy John. As Alzale has had a lat and hasn't been available, but he's coming back. And, you know, they who knows how many of these guys are going to be anything, but they do have numbers now where they can sort it out, right? Yep. And, yep. and they're, they're not pitching in the high leverage situation. So that would be the next step once you settle on four or five guys that you're going to, you know, uh, turn to in the bullpen. Um, but, what I couldn't see two months ago, and I, I, I said I love David Ross. I loved having him on my show every week. He's a great guy. He's funny. But we didn't know if he was a good manager. Amen. That's I, what I you were going to bring up. I knew it. Right. Yes. When Jed said he's a rock star as a manager, he's right. he was on my I don't know list, just like Jed's on my I don't know list of whether he can be <laughs> right, the architect, right. yeah. the premier architect of a, a World Series team. It, it doesn't mean they can't. It doesn't mean I'm leaning towards they won't. It's just I don't know. I need to see more. But I will say in the last couple months – I've seen more from David Ross, and I've seen more from this roster, so there's to Jed. And I've seen more foundation pieces, again, that magical coming back. Uh, Jesse mentioned magical. I was ready you to give up trying on to, You were trying to give him to me nothing. and my team wanted, for a, 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 a right, bag of balls. Right? Yeah. right. 
Um, but now he's back from hamstring surgery. And Jesse told you, I mean, how good he's looked. The numbers are unbelievable. And again, small sample size. But you can start seeing Morrell certainly. Um, here's hoping Reyes is a guy. Uh, say a Suzuki. I'm not. You know, I'm not sure. I, I've seen streaks and flashes, but you. Well, he find better some... be for the amount right. of money that they spent. That's right, and the commitment you made to him. Yeah. So you need to see more from him on a more consistent basis. Stroman, who knows if he opts out or. But what I, after his stint on the IL, he's been much better and what, what you thought he'd be. So you're starting to see more. At least I am in the last couple months. To make it, I don't know, excited, but certainly you can see, you can foresee some of these guys being players when you're a contending team. All right, Brian. So I've got to, I've got to jump in and bust you on something. For sure. Within the past couple of months, you, we have both said, and and I've believed this forever, that if, and, and I said this earlier on the show, that if you are trying to send a message to management because you don't like what they're doing, don't give them your money, don't show up, don't buy the merch. Okay, and you were saying the same thing pretty emphatically about the Northsiders. Yeah. Now you seem to be a little excited. When is the time to support? Are you there now already? No, no. And as a matter of fact, I was just talking to one of my brothers last night over dinner, and he's a a huge. You have like thirty brothers, right? Uh, yes, I have five brothers, three sisters. Okay, Um, a lot of a um, lot of families. Yeah, don't even get me going on cousins on either side. I think I got thirty-five to forty on either side of the family. So, um, but I was saying to my brother Terry, I said he's he's a huge Cubs fan. We all grew up Cub fans. You know, we have season tickets a whole bit. Mm. I said, hey, have you been out to Wrigley yet this year? And he said, I've been to one game. And he said, I'd like to get out to one or two more before the season's over. And I said, yeah, I'm not there yet. I was like, I can't. Even though, you know, Sully's picture looked glorious and he did mention in his column today that the, the beer snake, the beer cup snakes are still taking more of the focus on the bleachers than the game itself, <laughs> even though it was a good game yesterday. But I get why people want to go out. I know that Sylvie said this via Twitter that he will take his kids to he likes to see his kids happy. If the kids want to go out to Wrigley Field, he's taking his kids. There's to Wrigley something Field. magical about any right. baseball park. Yeah, especially when it's a beautiful day. Yep. And you know what? 39,000-plus people, I mean, the energy there, whether they're paying attention or not, it's it, – I, 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 I can't 39,000 cup snakers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're still top, what, top five, six, seven in attendance, even though they're bottom five, six, seven in record. So go figure. Okay, so, you, okay, so you're, you're definitely not the one because yeah. your excitement – kind of led me to believe well wait a minute is brian saying go ahead spend no. your money get the green light no, everybody go for it since i spent my money on marquee and i don't even think i had a choice i think and bruce springsteen you got no money left no no but i mean marquee just showed up i, I, I didn't get to say yay or nay they just put it in the sports package i have on my tv right no, really? so, so i'm watching more cubs now because they're fun they're, they're I'm, I'm fun to watch there there's more energy there it's it's more interesting to watch right now Arguably, it's more interesting some nights than watching the White Sox, and that's the team that's supposedly contending for something. Absolutely. If you're a baseball fan, you, you want to watch good baseball, and uh, those two games against the Astros, wow. But, of course, we've been fooled before. There's no yep. corner turning. There's no sustained success. It, it and, and when you see it on the south side, it's like, there it is. There it is. Copy and paste it. Catch it and, and put it in a bottle. Do something. But there is just no sustained success, which is why it drives us nuts and, and why I refuse to say the team is totally, you know, overselling us. I, I There's talent there. They're, he's just, as Jesse said, 
Tony and the coaching staff is not getting the best out of them inconsistently. And there are players that just are, uh, should not be on this team. Grandal being one of them. Yeah. And, and, you know, I told you about my Cubs betting system in game earlier in the season, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whenever the Cubs got a lead, especially it was a multi-run lead, I opened up my FanDuel app and immediately bet against the Cubs, right? Because I said, if Tom Ricketts going to make money on a bad team, so am I. <laughs> I can't do that anymore because they do bounce back as they did a couple times yesterday. And th- th- so that, that thing has run its they course. figured you out. But here's the thing. Here's your new betting system for the White Sox. Bet against them in the first game of a series because they're 14 and 24. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There are many people that figured that out a long time ago. I'm sure, and that's why you know, yeah. Yeah, they're living in Vegas as professional gamblers. But, I mean, the odds are you're going to be cashing more than you're not. And I and and that does does it that speak to preparation mindset? Um, I, I mean you 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 can't win series. It's when a long you drop, list of stuff. You can't win series when you're dropping the opener. I mean nope. you won't win the majority of them because you're you're now up against you're, it. You're right? absolutely right. Uh, we're going to jump to uh, David, our buddy David in Wakanda, before we hit the break here on ESPN 1000. Hey David, you're on with us. Hi Brian. Hi Xander. David hey. Spada here. Yeah, yeah, David. Yeah, we. We gave up our Cubs season tickets. We were season ticket holders since 82, and we're not going back, so they start winning. I mean, again, this is brutal. I mean, they want you to pay all this money, and again, they're I'm not putting the money you survived the, the 80s. Right now, so. I'm amazed you survived the 80s. Oh, don't get me going on 84 again. Please, <laughs> please, please. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. so you're, you're was, still waiting to see, David? Yeah, we're waiting to see because again they want your money, but again they're not putting the money into the team. I mean their payroll's like 120 million this year. Next year it's going to be even less unless they sign a Correa or go after a judge. But again, I want to see put some money into this team. Yep, yep, we get it, David. Thank you for the phone call. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Let's hit break here. Come back and talk about the Bears. They beat Seattle the other day. What does it really mean? Back after this on ESPN One Thousand. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Bayless Jones trying to make a spark down the sideline. He's done this net. Here's the rookie, Bayless Jones. Well in Seattle territory. I liked it. You know, he's uh, he is uh, he's fast uh, for sure, and he's explosive. And we're, we're, you know, that's a challenge for him. You know, because he's he's a rookie. You know, and he's going to have to uh, come in there and, and show guys what he can do. And uh, you know, I think he's he's up for the challenge. I mean, he's a do-it-all guy. Uh, you know, he's a physical guy. I think he weighs like two ten at receiver, and you know, you don't see it from a guy at least like his height. You know, you usually see those weights from guys that are six three, six four, and you know, just. What he's able to do with the ball in his hands, he's almost like a running back playing receiver. So, um, you know, he's a you know great weapon that we have on offense. And, you know, we're going to find ways to, to uh, give him the ball this year for sure. That's our quarterback, Justin Fields. And uh, before that, Eber Flus on Vilas Jones. We're on Twitch. Every day, twitch.tv, ESPN 1000 Chicago. Brought to you by your Chicagoland Midas franchisees. Brian Hanley, we beat Seattle the other day. What does it really mean? The final there, 27-11. Preseason is, uh, you know, we talked about it many times from our previous regime where, you know, and our starters never really got any kind of action. Now we're seeing a little bit. But how much will it really mean and what 
the big storyline still remains to this day would be Roquan Smith. What a mess that is. Well, and that's what they spent the majority of the time talking about on the broadcast. Yeah. And people on Twitter are like, who had the worst night, the Seahawks or the broadcast team? And Dan Orlovsky was really getting beat up for his takes on the Bears. And, you know, that they, they, the entirety of the cast, the team seemed to think the Seattle Seahawks are in a much better spot than the Chicago Bears are. And watching that game, I, can't, I don't know how you make that case at I all. I don't either. Um but that said, you know, that's that's what their storyline was. And look, we, we spent a ton of time talking about Roquan Smith last weekend because that was the news and still is the news. It still is. It's just getting weirder and weirder. And, and Adam Schefter just told Peggy and Dion that, you know, he does he thinks that there's got to be a middle ground and, and it's got to happen before the season starts. Mm-hmm. And we um, thought we'll maybe see. it would be settled by now because, remember, we were thinking it would yeah. be settled by Thursday, obviously. Did not Obviously happen. not, and there's no indication that they're any closer or that right. they're even talking. And Adam Schefter said at some point he believes the Bears are going to have to start putting, as he said, the, put the, the screws to... to um, and that would be the fines, right? Fines, yeah. right. And, yeah. and you know, where does it go from there? If, if Roquan Smith believes he's absolutely standing on correct ground and he starts getting t- fined 40000 for every missed practice... And then you can't, as Ryan Poles, once you start doing that, you can't waive the fines if, if they come to a contract agreement, right? Because that, that doesn't look good as a first-time GM no, or any GM. No. If you, if but you're this saying, whole thing doesn't look good on him, and he has to set a tone. And I, and I believe he should start putting the screws to him. I don't want a malcontent on the Bears, no matter how good he is. Yeah, that's well, that's what, that's what you have right yeah, now. And yeah, we do. Um, we do. We definitely do. But, you know, looking at Justin Fields and Dan Orlowski went on to 25 Whistles podcast with your guy, Bobby Bones. Um, <laughs> My guy. Yeah, well, he's a radio, he's a radio guy. I mean, he's everywhere, right? Yeah, he's, yeah he's he done, is. Yeah. He's done very well for himself. Yeah, That's all. I, yeah. I, it's in the national king of uh, king of know, country radio nationally yeah. or whatever he does. Right, right. Yeah. He said he, he said, I think it's going to be a step back, meaning for Justin Fields. He said. I don't think it's a year for Justin Fields and his development. They have the worst situation for a quarterback in the NFL. And they went on to rip the the receivers, the the offensive line, you know, basically saying it's not Justin Fields' fault, but he doesn't see any way in hell that you can have development. They have, quote, one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. And the, probably the last 10 years, their number one receiver is a fifth-round pick, Darnell Moody. Good player, but he's not a number one in the NFL right now. I think that's going to be really difficult for Justin Fields. My hope and prayer is that no one judges him until 2023 when they're a little more supportive around him. You're going to have to judge him in 2022. You have to. I'm sorry. You're going to have to. And we did see a couple good screenplays, a couple of plays to the tight end, Cole Komet, Mm -hmm. which gave um, uh, last week we were talking to Mark Potash of the Sun-Times and he said he believes it's very simple. If if your tight end is open, you have a good offense. And Cole Komet got open a couple times, including on a bootleg where Justin was rolling left and he squared up and you know delivered the ball what nineteen yards or whatever down to mm-hmm. Cole Komet. Yep. So it's you're going to have to judge Cole Komet this year too. Whether absolutely whether Orlov, you know. Now what Orlovsky is saying though, it'll be interesting to see how Poles is judging Fields this year based on the deficiencies. That maybe he, I, I mean, he sees them. We all see them. Are they as bad as he paints it? I don't know. We'll see. But the point is, we need to get a feel, or we will get a feel for what Poles and Eberflus in the way they're judging, because we can judge all we want as fans. But at some point, we've got to 
see how they're going to judge him. And if they're going to judge him this year without the supporting cast that he needs for success, they are kind of, they may be cutting him short a bit, right? Well, here's and here's the thing about the the one play I wish, and I'm sure Justin Fields wish he had back. So, well, first of all, there were four of thirteen on third downs. That that's got to be much better than that, right? And mm. but when you're sitting there at with with a third down and um, you've got a chance to convert at first down, and he he chose to skip his progressions and he just kind of pitched the ball to Khalil Herbert. And there's a two-yard loss, and now you're you know you're not putting the ball in the end zone, and you're sitting down there at their Seattle like 30-yard line or whatever. I want to see those plays more often not convert. I want to see him make the right call, the right decision, before you end up settling for a field goal. And here's the thing: I couldn't believe it when I read this in Brad Biggs column last week. The Bears haven't had a preseason game opening drive touchdown. So all your preseason games and and all this all these years, they have not found the end zone in the opening drive of a preseason game since the year two thousand, and they don't have any data before that. It's not easily available. But think about that. <laughs> think about that. I mean, you would think it would just dumb luck. You would get you know a, a heave downfield. We don't even have dumb luck. I know. I'm thinking <laughs> that's a lot of play a lot of preseason games. Yes, it is. In 22 years, and you still don't be settled for a field goal on this one, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I'd like to see the end zone, and, and <laughs> you, you you saw you know shut out in the first week in the first half. So you get yeah, I, I mean, Justin Fields knows he'd like to, to convert that play and and have a chance to actually put the ball in the end zone. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Always a pleasure to hear from our buddy Bear fan Bob jumping in on the SBN one thousand. Hey. Bob. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And your concerns that you talked about, Fields, were some of mine also. My question is, is maybe uh, he's been taught bad mechanics. The ghost is still there because I saw a little bit of that in game one and game two because this is the first time I've been on the radio, you know, since both of these games. And I only go on with you guys most of the time. And anyways, yeah. He's okay, but I, I kind of really question him, and I hope this coaching staff can fix it. On the other side of that, this coaching staff, in my opinion, for the first time in years, looked competent. The people executed organized. correctly. It looked organized. Yeah. They knew where to be, and they knew what to do. And these are the twos and threes. I get it. This is pretend football. I don't care if they win or lose the game. That that That's immaterial. But the twos and the threes did, and that, you know, even with the second game on the first set with Fields, they started to look like almost a professional offense, almost. But here, here we go again, bad decisions with Justin Fields, not doing his reads and not going through his progressions correctly. Maybe he's still seeing the ghost. I don't know. I hope this coaching staff can fix it. My only problem with the coaching staff is I wonder why they didn't challenge the catch uh, at the end of that second game. I thought that and, and, the young man... And bingo, uh, Bob, because not only did they, and Eberflus said, well, they didn't get a good second look at it up in the booth, even though, and some coaches on the sideline thought it was incomplete, so they were already leaning towards not challenging. But then to get the delay of game penalty while they're trying to figure out the challenge, now you can't challenge because you got the penalty. Yeah. So right. that, that, and I'm thinking that, that's okay for this to happen during the preseason game. Don't and get do that during the season, out. right? And now's the time to do this. Mm-hmm. But on the same token, this also might be a good exercise to back your team up, put them under the thumb, 
during preseason to see how they will perform. That's the only reason I can think of him not doing it, but I don't know. You know, I'm not the coaching staff. And for the White Sox, it, it is sad to see uh, Tony La Russa starting to turn into Coach Nagy. This is not good. I hope the White Sox get a decent coach there pretty soon because yeah, yeah. this is—I don't even watch them no more. Boy, I just that comparison to really hurts. Yeah, uh, now, tell me about it. And there ain't no bigger White Sox fan than me. But it's awful. You know, I, I quit. I'm—I'm I'm sorry. I'm tired. It's time to you know take a look at the Bears, watch the Bears closer because that. Well, you are a Bear out. fan, Bob. You're not White Sox, Bob. So yeah, it, it, this is true. a good time of year for you. That's true, guys. So we'll talk to you after the third preseason game, and have a great show. All right, thanks, thanks, Bob. thanks Bob. Always a pleasure to hear from Bob. Um, you know, he he he's always very very spot on on his analysis. Yeah, there, the mistakes will be made. It's good that they're being made in preseason, but got to clean this stuff up, especially Fields, for the regular season. Will that happen? Time will tell. Yeah, I. Um... That that was a learning moment for Eberflus and his staff because that looked too much like Matt Nagy not knowing exactly how he wanted to respond to it. And after we read about Eberflus going through all those video sessions to simulate games and how you would make those decisions, including challenging or not challenging, you can't get the delay game penalty. I mean, you either decide you're not challenging, but don't get yourself right. Absolutely. A five-yard penalty, and now your punter is gonna can't pin him in you know near the goal line. It's going in the end zone. Brian, this game is tough enough. Those things have to be cleaned up because there's a lot of stuff you cannot control. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll get to Jay on the phone lines talking about the Bears and you. If you want to jump in, you know the number. This is ESPN one thousand. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Fields throwing, and finds Komet in a seam, down to the 20. Yeah! Big pickup and some emotion out of the Chicago tight end, game of 19. That's the guy that was supposed to see the ball more often under Nagy. Didn't really happen. See what kind of impact he makes this year, Brian Henley. Was very excited about uh, being part of that play, and um, that's Jay Cantu's guy, Cole Komet. So, uh, local kid, Notre Dame guy, and... Um, Big year for I thought any player on the Cowboys was Jake King, too. Guy. Only Cole Komet. Yeah. yeah, only Cole? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Friends of friends. He's got Cole Komet connections. Oh, he does? So, oh. Yeah. Okay. So, that, I mean, it's, it, uh, here's another guy who, you know, the new regime is wondering what they have here in a former second-round pick. And we've been, like you said, Mark, you know, we Nagy always talked about. We got to get the ball bombing. more uh, to him yeah. more, and it's like as ne- if never as it if up. it's somebody else's problem. <laughs> exactly right. You're the guy with the, the with the big uh, Waffle House menu or Wendy's menu in front of you, or the um, Denny's menu. Denny's menu, yeah. Those are big um, menus. Yeah, they are, yeah, and they're everybody. laminated so you can just wipe them off because <laughs> the syrup gets on there. It's all oh. nasty. <laughs> So, 312-332-3776. Jay's in uh, Homewood. He's been patient, wants to jump on here. On ESPN 1000 with uh, Xander and Hanley. What's up, Jay? I got to tell you, we won't be able to see what Cole can do if he has to block because they can't block for fields. You know, Mm. I I just, uh, I'm so excited about the upcoming season, but my expectations are realistic. And I heard the analysis uh, that you are referenced uh, that the uh, host made about uh, Fields, and I thought it was spot on. Riddick and Orlovsky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it came from an objective standpoint. He's mm-hmm. not a Chicagoan. 
And so it was objective. He was saying how it's very difficult for a young quarterback, young quarterback to develop if they're on their back all the time. Um, they come to eat in the NFL. And if you look at what the data has shown, though the teams in the North, from a defensive standpoint, it looks like most of them have gotten better. Uh, I'm looking at fantasy football and all of that. So Minnesota, Detroit, I think Detroit picked up that young guy from uh, right out of Michigan. Uh, they look better. And so they're going to face them half the games. Uh, I just uh, – Fields is a talent, but he has to get some protection. It's going to take a lot of creativity, a lot of innovativeness in order to protect him. What that means is it may stymie their offense because he's not going to be able to throw it to this person. This person going to have to put so many people on the line. And so if he's getting sacked four or five times and he's rushing his throws, yes, he's going to have more interceptions. But then we're going to – we're going to criticize Fields heavily and all of that. And I just said we have to do a balanced assessment. And I just don't know any young quarterback who can do well under those circumstances. And I, it just bothers me that we haven't done enough to protect who who could be a franchise quarterback. Yep, it's but a I good point, you, Jay. If he's, uh, not, if, yeah. if he's not protected, he can he can end up hurt. And I'm just saying that worries me. And I just don't want us to heavily criticize Fields when an organization looks like they haven't done enough to help this young guy develop yet, but that's, we'll see, man. We'll yeah, see. that's uh, that's what we were, uh, mentioned earlier. Thank you, Jay. Um, you know, obviously we don't want him to get hurt, Brian, but we also have to take all of that into consideration when we determine, you know, is he part of this franchise moving forward? So if we don't have the bright pieces around him to protect him and give him the best chance to succeed, is this just another year where we just have to say, well... See what we can do next year. We can't really judge him enough. No, and I'm with you, Marky, and I'm with Jay. Everything you said is spot yeah, on. Yeah, it is. And, and you can agree with all of it. And I get all the obstacles because the offensive line is still in flux, in fluid. Uh, Adam Schefter told Peggy and Dion today that he still thinks Tevin, uh, Tevin Jenkins is going to be moved uh, more likely than not, even though he, it looks like he's the starting guard for the first game of the season if he's still here, right guard. But that said, you. My point when, uh, to, in response to Orlovsky is you're going to have to judge him in some respects, in some regards this year, no matter what the line looks like, the receiving. No, you are. Like. I'm just wondering to right. what degree. Right, right. No, but it's a, it's a balancing act. Yeah. You can't just write this off and say, well, we didn't put enough pieces around him, so therefore he gets a pass. It's going to be whether, as Bear Fan Bob said, is he seeing ghosts? Because the pressure will be real, unfortunately, right. uh, often enough. But if his first instinct to, is to run because he did that out of you know survival mode last year, he's got to be better about protecting the ball. He's got to go through his progressions yeah. and not give up. And on those him are the little third. things that we'll see, hopefully, the improvement on, so we can say, okay, he's improved within the context of a not a great situation with the uh, offensive line. So there will be room for improvement. We just have to see it's going to be a little more subtle than him just performing, right. you know, uh, miracles because you it may will, take miracles. You will be evaluating him. And when he's on third and four at the Seattle 15 the other night and he gave up on his progress, didn't go through his progression yes. fully and just dumped it off to Herbert and he right. lose two yards. Now you're, you're settling for a field goal. Those are things you can judge because the protection was there, mm-hmm. and he just rushed the decision making, and Agreed. he ended up with a negative play. Agreed, and 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 it's all to say what we've been saying, 
whenever we've talked to anybody, Josh Schrock or anybody else, that, uh, you know, it is going to the success and development of Justin Fields is going to be the small things. It's not going to be anything tremendously big. We don't think. Maybe it will. Maybe all of a sudden he turns into the stud quarterback despite everything that well, is going that, against boy, him. I, I look, uh, again, that's yeah. a miracle. That's a miracle. No, I mean, that happens, you know, you start, you start moving that clock ahead a couple seasons if, if you know, all of a sudden he rises above all the, uh, all the you know, handcuffs he has around him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you, this, is, this is an important year for him. It's not a free pass year no matter, and that would be my only disagreement with J.R. Caller, that you, they are going to be looking at him, and they are going to be grading him, and they're going to be trying to figure out in short order what they have here. Is he closer to a franchise quarterback, or is he closer to just being a guy? Right, and, and, and Jay also brought up, you know, fans are going to be, you know, beating up on Justin Fields. We can't tell fans so. how to fan. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, people are yeah. going to do whatever they're going to do. For me, I'm going to look for those small improvements because, yes, they are going to be judged, and it will be interesting. He will be judged. It will be interesting how much uh, Ryan Poles, I, I think that those being the professionals, right, running the team, they will see yep. those small improvements, hopefully, and that will give them hope for the future as they try to build this team for success in the future. It's not going to happen this year. Let me ask you about another quarterback who was in the news again this week, Deshaun Watson. So he initially got the six-game suspension. The Cleveland, you know, um, uh, Went ahead and gave him the the minimum salary this year. Although the two hundred thirty million is completely guaranteed, knowing that something was coming in terms of the suspension, they cynically went ahead and gave him the least amount of money they could give one point zero three five million dollars, so that he would not lose any more money than he had to lose. And so the initial arbitration judge came out with six games. The league said no, thank you. We're gonna. It was their right to appeal it. And before their second uh, arbitration judge, who was going to have the final say, got to the case and, and actually gave a decision, the, NA, the NFLPA and the league came to 11 games and a $5 million fine. But with that $1 million salary, he's losing 630000 in salary. And then you saw Deshaun Watson say what he said the other day. So he, he's apologized, and then he said, I'm innocent, and then he's sticking with the I'm, I'm innocent, and he's playing the victim now, right, that – just because he settled and he agreed to the, the suspension and the fine and he settled, he's about to settle three more cases. This, so all but one of the 24 cases brought against him. And yet he's still standing there saying, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, you, you know, know so. and, and, and part of, and I would imagine he can't really do this, but a lot of times in lawsuits, when you settle, you have to shut your mouth. Right. So, yeah. so, so I don't know if they can control that when he's talking to reporters in the context of his NFL career. But the point being, it it would be a lot better if he said, um, "I'm just going to put this behind me, and we're going to move forward, and we're going to, uh, you know, at uh, whatever I have to sit out, and then we'll come back, we'll play, and we're going to put the best team on the field, and and just just stop with all of this other stuff because how many? How what's the number? Thirty two. Um, he's got there are 24 people who but there filed. was 32 accusations at some oh, yeah. point weren't they oh, well yeah. into the 30s yeah it, it's a, it's a it's a bad look for him and it was pretty i mean he's not convincing me well it, it's that number within like a two-year span right that we know of mm, that we yeah. know of 
Yeah, we know. And I tweeted this out. I mean, as part of the agreement, the 11 games, $5 million fine, and the 630000 of lost salary, there's also a treatment program that he has to agree to take part in. And I tweeted this out. It sounds like he's really going to, you know, immerse himself in that. Yeah, well, I mean, right now, if he didn't think he did anything wrong or he even has a problem, how is that going to, you know, how is that treatment? Pro- if you it's don't think not. there's a yeah. problem to treat, then you're really not all in on this thing. But I tweeted out, he, at the minimum, he's got some compulsive behavior here, which I don't know. I mean, it will surface yet again. It might surface in a different form. But You're absolutely right. Issues, if he does not take care of this and actually try to take care of whatever he needs to take care of, it will surface in another way. I bet you. Right. You're, you're, you're and, right. And so if he, if he isn't on board that I, I need some help and I need some professional help and so that he's just agreeing because he can't get on the field. If he said, no, I'm not doing the treatment program, well, then he's out. But when you have this kind of, you know, this issue from the outside looking in, I don't know how good a quarterback he can be moving forward if, you know, every time you're away from the football facility, your mind's on something else totally, right? You just... Well, he's got some issue here. And well, he doesn't if, you were, if you were a Bears fan, and we can uh, talk about this in the last segment after the break and uh, wrap up the Twitter poll, but uh, think about this, 312-332-3776. Would you have been upset if the Bears went after Deshaun Watson after all of this? Now, we wanted and, him the and, first time, and, you know, did we dodge a bullet? Would you have been upset if we tried to go back and right a wrong, so to speak, and try to get him after all of this? Remember, Ryan Pace caught so much heat when it, when we came, uh, it became public that he didn't even meet with Deshaun Watson. He was whining and dining Mitch Trubisky down in North Carolina at a steakhouse. They sent scouts to look at Deshaun Watson and scouted him, but they never actually had a one-on-one. And when that came out, it's like... Does Ryan they, Pace deserve some credit here? Or was that dumb luck on his part? <laughs> or dumb luck. Yeah, that he... you know. Well, that, either that, way, he didn't, so does he deserve the credit? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Back to wrap things up here on ESPN One Thousand. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. This is your home for Chicago White Sox baseball. White Sox Weekly at two thirty. Connor McKnight. Be here, and then 4:30 he'll pick up the Sox pregame, 5:10 first pitch in Cleveland. We've got Mr. Cueto, our team leader on the South Side, against Shane Bieber, who we did not do well against the last time. So it's gonna be another tough watch tonight. Well, only the, the hardiest Sox fans will be watching that game. Well, you, you do, you did what you do. You dropped the first one, so now you got to get this one and, and hopefully find a way to win the series. But also. Uh, about an hour after the White Sox start, did you see this? So um, MLB Network is going to have a free stream of your AAA Charlotte Knights against the Syracuse Mets tonight. And so MLB.com, if you want to be watching the White Sox oh, on your yeah. TV. Yeah, did yeah. you see this? They're going to have the pitch clock. They're going to have the uh, larger bases, which are proposed rules changes that may or may not come to Major League Baseball in the next couple of years. The big pillows? Big pillows for safety's sake, and I love this one. Now we've we've heard ro- robo umps are on the, on the way, right? We know that uh, it seems to be just when, not if, that mm-hmm. you're going to have the umpire with an earpiece calling balls and strikes that the system tells them whether it's a strike or not. Tonight they're going to have the ABS challenge system, so instead of the umpire just listening to the computer telling him it was a ball, it was a strike, this is 
they'll have the the same system that a robo a robo ump system would have, right? Mm-hmm. But the umpire is still going to call the game. Now you get three challenges per team to challenge a ball or strike call. So if you're the batter and he calls a strike and you think, mm, why don't you go take a look at that? Then they can have the system beep or not, whether it was a strike or not. And if you're a pitcher and you think he called the ball, there should have been a strike and maybe the bases are loaded and you were just going to walk in and run, you can challenge it. The managers can't challenge it. So only the batter or the pitcher or the catcher can challenge it. Interesting. So MLB TV. This is kind of like a happy medium for those who still want the human element involved. And some people are done with umpires completely. <laughs> and Angel Hernandez would Especially come to mind. Angel, yeah. Yeah. But this might be a way of of trying to make everyone happy where the umpire is not just sitting there back there bored because, you know, oh, that's a beep. That's a strike. I raise my arm. Right. But but then the pressure's on the on the players because the team only has three of them. Now, if. If you challenge and you're correct, you retain that challenge, so you'd still have three. Right, and if you don't, like in Major League Baseball, when you challenge a uh, a review of play, you lose it. Right, and and so now if you're down to one challenge and it's the seventh inning, you have to think, is this the right thing to do for a team? Even though selfishly you want that call, you better be damn sure because you might, you know, run out of challenges and the, the game might go to extra innings or something. Interesting. Interesting. So it, it's, uh, this is the first time I've re- realized that they're experimenting with it yep. and that it's not simply robo lumps or nothing, that it's an okay. all or nothing MLB, situation. MLBTV.com, right? MLB.com. MLB.com. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, Twitter polls on ESPN 1000. We want to wrap up real quick. Which owner will win another World Series first? Jerry Reinsdorf, Tom Ricketts, or neither? Jake Cantu, we go to you for the results. Wow. Neither takes it at 57%. <laughs> there you and go, Chicago. Tom neither. Ricketts, though, 34%. Okay. So neither. Jerry got what? How, 9%? Eight. 8%, Eight? yeah, 8.5. Wow. Okay. Does that mean he's going to sell the team sooner than he would? they would I, win a World I, Series? Yeah, inconclusive. Yeah. It just ain't going to happen under Jerry. Yeah, yeah, neither. Which manager will lead his team to the playoffs first? Tony La Russa, David Ross, or neither? Jake Cantu? Also neither at 41%. There are some sour baseball fans in the city of Chicago. Where did Tony come in on that? So Tony came in at 25% and then David Ross at 33 Wow. Interesting. So Ooh, most neither. fans are just sour. Yeah. On both I, sides. I, They're just I, sour. And, I, and we get that, right? Yep. Not hard Can't to understand. No. Not hard to understand at all. And uh, today is a, uh, you know, they're all must-wins for the White Sox, don't you think? But to, today certainly is a must-win after yesterday dropping that and getting struck. Uh, 17 strikeouts. Just uh, That's a horrible, horrible. And, and three of them by the reliever, but the uh, starting pitcher, that 14. tall dude, 14. No 14. No is he that good? We don't know because no, the Sox aren't really as good as they a, should be. He's 9 9 with a 3 1 1 ERA, so the no. answer would be no. Yeah. Um, and, and Mark Xander, may I be the first one to wish you a happy National Radio Day? Oh, thank you. Thank you. And back at you. Yes, it yeah. is National Radio Day. I'm not sure what that is or what that really means, either. but every year yeah. I just retweet it because social media tells me to do as much. All right, Jake Cantu, thank you for your help on the program. Brian, always a pleasure. We'll be back here tomorrow together at 9 a.m. 
on ESPN 1000. We're going to uh, uh, go to uh, ESPN and then come back with uh, Connor McNutt at 2.30 for White Sox Weekly. Then the pregame at 4.30 with Connor leading to the first pitch at 5.10. Mr. Johnny Cueto, wouldn't you say he's our leader on the south side? I mean, he's the one willing to speak up. It's not curious. It's obvious. It's yes. Yes, it is. And Jose is our leader, our silent leader. All right. uh, Shane Bieber will will try to beat him today. Thank you for listening to ESPN 1000. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning.